Welcome to Iron Sharpens Iron, a program for men and by Catholic men. And I'm just so excited today to to have our guest with us. My name's Matt Palmer um, with Catholic Men's Ministry in the Diocese of Columbus. I'm joined by my co-host, Devin Shad, Fathers of St. Joseph. Good morning, Devin. Good morning. Great to have you, brother, again on this show. And we are joined by just a wonderful, on-fire, young Catholic man, man, Dennis Veneziano. Dennis is from Italy, but now lives here in the States, and we'll hear his story in a bit. But Dennis, good morning, brother. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Devin. Glad to be here with you guys. We're excited to have you. Devin, would you open us in prayer as we get going here? Yes. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we praise you because of who you are. And we're so thankful that your son, his mission was to reveal you definitively. Because without without you, Lord Jesus, we would not know the Father. But also, without people like Dennis, we would not know you, Jesus, and we would not know the Father. And so we just beg that you would be with us right now and reveal more of yourself to us. And also show us the plan that you have for our lives, what we need to do next in order to be manifestations and revelations of your glory, as you want us to be. We praise you, we love you, and we ask all this in Jesus' most holy and powerful name. Mama Mary and St. Joseph, pray for us. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son. The Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Beautiful prayer, and what a great way to start and open our time with Dennis. Well, Dennis, what I love is that um, what Devin prayed is what I see in you, my young brother. I see... In the time I'm getting to know you, just I see in your face the face of Christ. I see a man of joy. I see a man of of great, deep, and growing faith. And uh, to be a young, single Catholic man and already living that vibrant Christ life, I just I just thought the men listening today that we would all be just blessed by hearing a little bit more of your story. So um, I want to get more into what you're doing here in the States, but obviously it's it's always fascinating when we have a brother that grew up somewhere else. So share a little bit of your uh, growing up in Italy and your family and um, university life, and then we'll kind of transition to to life today here in the States. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me here. This is a great opportunity. Um, yeah, I, um, like Matt said, I was born and raised in Italy, in particular, southern Italy, uh, Sicily. My hometown is Syracuse. Uh, ironically, uh, interestingly, uh, that was the town where St. Paul passed and, and stayed a few days. We still have the Church of St. Paul there where he actually stayed. Uh, so that was always something that Very cool. uh, I always love to share. Yeah. But um, yeah, my, my father is uh, Italian. My mom is American. She was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, from Italian immigrants. So I always kind of grew up with this uh, bicultural, uh, bilingual uh, world, if you will. Um, and uh, yeah, I did all my schooling in Italy. Uh, besides a brief stint, uh, when I was 10 years old, we tried to move to the US, stayed there for one year. I went to elementary school, sixth grade, uh, learned a little bit more English language and you know, a little more of the American culture. And then we all went back to Italy, continued all my schooling there, high school and college. Uh, I got my master's in architectural engineering, and I started working there. Uh, and in my college years, uh, I became close with Opus Dei, um, which is the reality that really changed my my life, uh, not only my spiritual life, but just also 
my life in general, uh, the way I see relationships, uh, the way I see other people. Um, so yeah, I, I embraced Opus Dei. I actually lived in the center of Opus Dei for about three years. Uh, they were offering, obviously, a uh, um, uh, stay for um, college students. And um, yeah, so I learned about sanctification of your daily life through your work. Uh, and just the simple fact that everyone's called to be a saint. Uh, so kind of like echoing, you know, Vatican II. Everyone's called to be a saint and you don't have to be a superhero, an extraordinary person, just in the midst of your day, of your, of your, of your life and, and the ordinary of your life. Um, so I love that message. Uh, my brother got involved with it first then he got me on board. And then little by little, we uh, just spread it to our family. Um, and, you know, my parents and my younger sister. Um, growing up, we were... Yeah, we were Catholic. I'm a cradle Catholic, like every Italian, pretty much. And like I said uh, before uh, going live, we we experienced a lot of that cultural Catholicism in Italy. Um, I think we're kind of spoiled. You know, we have we have a church at every corner. Uh, we have the history of the church really uh, present and, and, and in every uh, fabric of, of of the cities that we live in. But it's just very hard to uh, experience that on fire Catholicism um, and on fire faith um, with the people you're friends with and people you, you, you engage with. Um, so Opus Dei allowed us to kind of embrace more of like, you know, a different, a different perspective. Um, it's still a very small exception, unfortunately. I wish this would be bigger in Italy, uh, but um yeah, so eventually in 2014, I decided to move to the U.S. I had an opportunity to work for an architectural firm in the Detroit metro area. So I took that opportunity after working a few years for an engineering firm in Sicily. And that obviously changed my life. It was one of the biggest decisions I had to make. And because essentially you have to start from scratch. So here I am, uh, just turned 30. Uh, starting from zero with two suitcases and a hundred bucks in my pocket, literally. And I, I moved to the U.S. I stayed with my grandparents for about uh, first five to six months, you know, in order for someone to establish credit and all the things that you need when you move to another country. And I forgot to mention, I'm a, I'm a dual citizen. So I, I had no problems with like visa or anything. So that I, I wanted to take advantage of that. And I did. Um, so I started working in the Detroit metro area. I lived there for about four and a half years. I was involved in uh, youth ministry uh, at a parish called St. Anastasia, uh, which was uh, Father John Ricardo's old parish before he huh. switched to um, Our Lady of Good Counsel, I believe, uh, and before he started Acts 29. So, yeah, yeah. And I actually had a chance to become friends with his sister. Uh, we both taught catechism there. Um, so that was a beautiful experience. And I did youth ministry there. Obviously, I continued my involvement with Opus Day and, you know, uh, receiving formation with Opus Day with obviously the Opus Day, um, which is not as present as in Italy. Um, we used to have two centers in Sicily here in, in, in the U.S. We have a center, I think, in Chicago, uh, one in South Bend and one in Pittsburgh. So it's, it's a much wider area and much smaller presence. But this is part of that missionary work. Is, this is mission territory uh, in many ways compared to, compared to Europe. Um, so yeah, and then I moved to Columbus in 2019 to be closer to my brother, my sister-in-law, uh, who started a family here. And uh, yeah, this is where I'm at right now. 
You know, it's a great place to pause for a minute. There's so much that we can kind of touch on. I think that'll just help all of the brothers, uh, all our brothers listening to kind of um, look through your eyes a little bit and see see faith in, a, in maybe some different ways. I mean, Devin, maybe react to the, let's go back to the cultural Catholicism that um, that Dennis has talked about over in Italy. Of course, we experience that here as well, but... Um, it's, it's it's a sad commentary that we can become lulled into a cultural Catholicism. Maybe from your perspective, um, Devin, what 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 happens? How does that happen? And and what is the antidote to it? I'm intrigued by that that aspect so far of what Dennis has shared. Yeah, I I mean that, those are good questions. I wish I had the answers. I do remember uh, being invited to speak to some junior high school, there were juniors in high school, men, I had to speak to like five different classes, and it was strictly guys, and I recognized these guys just were not tuned in for the most part, and I remember asking the last few classes, uh, how many guys um, are, you know, Catholic, you know, all of them were, how many guys go to Mass on Sunday, and like, let's say there was 15 kids in a class or 30 kids, literally one hand would go up and another hand would give like kind of signed, you know? And I said, how many guys believe in Jesus Christ? You have a relation with him, you love him. And one hand would go up out of all those kids. And, and so finally I, I asked the guys, I said, so why is it that you don't have this fire for Jesus, this love for Jesus? And one kid just said, when you are graded every day on Jesus and he becomes a subject, when your faith becomes a subject, you end up despising it or treating it just like silence, uh, science or biology or mathematics or whatever and i think that in a way in our own homes we can do that learn your our father your hail mary your glory be you go to mass on sunday and then what else is there well i am catholic you know and i'd, I'd be interested dennis to you know what is it culturally in italy that's that's similar to that i guess or is it similar to that like what causes you know this weird kind of well i'm catholic therefore i'm okay you know uh, i've been baptized yeah. 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 I definitely can relate to that. And I, I agree a hundred percent. That's what, that's what happens. Um, I think there is obviously historic reasons. Um, Italy has always been, uh, you know, a Catholic country. It's like part of our being and, and uh, it's the official state religion. Um, so, and <laughs> wow. I think we, yeah. And I think we, um, everyone is raised in a, in a context where it's, uh, you have a blending of faith and tradition, where tradition, uh, the cult- cultural tradition of Catholicism becomes more dominant towards that relationship with Christ. And what happens is you have all these families that almost do things uh, just because uh, it's it's part of what everyone has been doing for centuries. So you raise your child, you baptize your children, you take him to uh, what we call oratorio or catechismo, you know, the catechism that we say that we're to teach catechism to kids and then they get their first communion and then they get their confirmation and then they disappear. Um, and there's huge parties. When you get your first communion, you take every your entire family to a restaurant. It's almost like a mini wedding reception almost. But, you know, we, we lost that reason why we are doing that. We're celebrating the fact that we, receive Christ in the Eucharist for the first time as eight, nine-year-old kids, but uh, it's just completely lost. Um, and again, I think it's just, 
ingrained so much in the cultural tradition of 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 Italy as a country um, and we kind of lost we got so used to it uh, we again like I said we have so many churches everywhere um, so it's so it's so much part of your daily life that it almost becomes a routine it becomes mm-hmm. as, as common as just turning on the TV and watching a, a TV show or uh, just going out to, to grab a pizza with friends it, it's just one of the things that you do it's not, there's no way to enforce that sort of idea that, wait a second, this is a relationship that you're talking about first and foremost. Um, no one tells you that. Nobody tells you that. Uh, even when you do catechism, you know, you're a little kid. It's like, you, 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 you know, I remember when I was a little kid, uh, you know, the priest was there and the teachers were there. They would just, you know, make us learn all the rules of the catechism by memory and we would repeat them and we would have a little test. It was very academic, if you will. But there was mm-hmm. no one that ever told me, wait a second, this is a person that you're falling in love with. And that's <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so I think that that should be reminded a little bit more. And it's definitely more reminded here. I you know, know that helps it, yeah, it, it's... Um... I think we can all see in a larger view, we can see across the world, uh, we can see in our own culture. When we soak in the culture of relativism, of materialism, when we soak in that culture and when our, when our parents and we ourselves don't push back against that and when we're not taught in the home, it, it, it goes back to the, the power of, of a family and the power of a father and not that your father didn't do a good job, but that, that the current is so strong um, in the world. And, and, of course, the evil one is, is always underneath and pushing in a direction that leads us away and leads us to a, a certain um, spiritual malaise. And St. Jose Maria Scriva talks about that in, in, as he worked with young people especially, that there's a, you know, we can become indifferent to the amazing understanding that Christ died for us rose for us, lives at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us. This life in Christ that's so abundant and waiting for us, um, you know, we've got, we've, we just have other things that we have filled our minds and hearts and lives with. And Devin, you talk a lot about until men maybe experience a, a great wound, something that jars them, um, that oftentimes that's how God will start to awaken uh, men to the spiritual life. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, especially in the Western culture, uh, because like St. James, to paraphrase St. James in his first chapter of his epistle, I call it the four P's, pain or some kind of trial or test, but pain leads to patience, and patience in the Greek is hupomene, and that mene is to remain in hupo under, so to remain under the test, and then that patience will lead to perseverance, which is fortitude, which is courage. And that's exactly what the devil does not want us to be. He wants us not to be courageous men for Christ. He wants us to be weak, comfortable with the culture. Um, and But if we are persevering, then we become perfect. That's what it says in James, that God will perfect us. And I think that notice the trailhead there. It is pain. It's some kind of trial or test or suffering that we encounter at some point. And we recognize that we really don't have the power ultimately to solve this problem. For me, it was cancer and a daughter that nearly died and now is trapped in her own body in a wheelchair, you know, et cetera. But, you know, all sorts of marital issues and things like that early on. But these things, they, 
but it, that's the that's the threshold right there. At that point, we have the decision to say, well, do I humble myself before this God that I don't really know and ask for his help and let him – and this is the key – let him prove that he's a father because that's what God wants to do. God wants to prove to us that he is a good, merciful, generous father. But really what we do is we don't let him. We, oh, I got this myself. I'm going to figure out a way, even if it means – sitting or whatever, I'm going to solve this problem myself, and we don't turn it over to God. But I think something that Dennis said was huge was he said, it's the why. You know, we talk about rituals and rules rather than relationship, but it's, it's why behind the rituals, why behind the rules. And that's the key. If we can ask our kids and ask our friends and ask ourselves, why am I making the sign of the cross? Why am I going to Mass on Sunday? Why am I receiving the Eucharist? Why the Blessed Virgin Mary, et cetera, et cetera? That's when we get into the relationship. Love that. Love that. For men that are just joining us, this is Iron Sharpens Iron. It's a program by Catholic men for Catholic men. It's produced by St. Gabriel Radio, and uh, two ministries or other ministries are involved. Fathers of St. Joseph, Devin Schott, is the founder and leader of that ministry, Apostolate. He's my co-host and joining us today. Uh, I'm Matt Palmer with Catholic Men's Ministry here in the Diocese of Columbus, and we're just blessed to offer Iron Sharpens Iron uh, along with St. Gabriel Radio. We're joined today by our guest, Dennis Veneziano. Dennis is from Italy, now here in the States, uh, a dual citizen and a practicing architect. And we're, we're just kind of discussing this journey from cultural Catholicism to a relationship with our Lord. And I think for you, Dennis, just kind of listening, another way that Lord can make this work is when we are set in, like in your case, you entered into an Opus Dei household, a place of formation. And so maybe rather than pain, you saw the beauty of our faith lived out by some other young men. And that was a, and it, you realized you were missing something. And I, I, I'm sure the Lord used that place, that household and that experience with men of Opus Dei and women of Opus Dei to ignite your heart for Christ. Would that be, would that be a way that you began to experience conversion? That's exactly right, Matt. Um, in a way it is a bit of pain too, because, um, you know, you to know amazing people that, you know, they're not perfect because no one is perfect, but they, they just uh, seem so joyful and happy. That's one of the things that I've always noticed in my, in my years that I lived in the center. Um, just everybody was happy. Everybody was joyful and they all had problems too, but the way they lived uh, through their problems with that uh, joyful awareness of being children of God uh, that cannot strip away and that's that that abiding and, and pervasive sense of well-being like i like to define happiness and enjoy mm. so i i realized wait a second i don't have that and that is that can be a painful um realization too um but you know you can react in, in one or either way you can react with a pessimistic uh approach where you're like okay there's no way i can get to um experience that um peace and that joy through my faith and and make it a part of my daily life so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna let things go and and we'll see how it happens and then eventually you know you degenerate to worse or you can have that optimistical approach you say you know what um god calls um 
the, the people that are not perfect. I mean, I think about the apostles, you know, they were fishermen, they were, you know, relatively ignorant people, but turned them into uh, just people that were perfect in the order of love, not in the order of the world. Um, so if you can do that with those people, you know, you're like, okay, maybe I can give it a shot. And by prolonged exposure to just uh, great people, like you said, men and women in, in, in the work, like we call Opus Dei, we call the work, um, you just realize, uh, okay, this is something that, uh, that I like and that is making me a better person. Yeah. And therefore, I can give myself better to other people. I can serve uh, God through serving other people as well. And again, not, uh, not you know, being involved in, in super amazing things, just in the ordinary of your life. Uh, but it is a bit of a painful realization at first. Um, the, the, the key is to move it from that painful realization to the positive aspect of it and just embrace it. And, and like I always say, let God do the heavy lifting. Really. You, you just <laughs> show up. You just show up. And then God will really transform. Amen. But you have to have that availability. Amen. Yeah. Let's. I, this is this is such a great conversation, Dennis. We're so blessed to have you. Let Let's move to um, something else that I think is part of your life. You are thirty seven years old. You've discerned yes. married life as a vocation that you sense you're called to. If If I understand that correctly, yeah. obviously that um, that hasn't happened yet. But you're very open to that. Um, but I often find in young single men, I find an op- a, a sense that maybe they're simply waiting for their actual vocation to happen and they're maybe missing out on a a spiritual fatherhood. And I think, thankfully, I think you have come to understand that you have, that all men are called to a fatherhood. It's um, some, it's biological, um, but for all of us, it's spiritual. And um, I wonder if, I know you have a lot of godchildren and some nieces and nephews, Talk a little bit about your growing understanding of your own fatherhood, even though you're not yet married with your own biological children. Yeah, um, it's it's definitely not an easy thing to kind of um, uh, unfold, but um, I think a lot of it happens through the relationships, the genuine friendship relationships I have with my other brothers uh, well, first and foremost, my siblings, but also especially with uh, my brothers in Christ. Uh, I'm blessed to be part of uh, a great young adult community with St. Christopher and uh, in general also with YCP, Young Catholic Professionals. And um, yeah, we, we, we just we grow in that brotherhood that uh, allows, allows me, first and foremost, uh, to just experience a good uh, a good sense of love for my brothers and to give to give to them. So, f- I guess spiritual fatherhood, um, in the sense of of being there through uh, through friendship, through I guess an apostolate of, of friendship and love with my fellow brothers um, that I experience every day. We give each other advice. We have accountability. Um, in a way we're like fathers to each other, if you will, it's always kind of like a mutual thing. Um, I do have, uh, I'm a, uh, a sponsor for a bunch of, 
uh, can't remember how many, but five or six. Between Italy and the U.S., I've been blessed to be uh, a confirmation sponsor for a bunch of young um, young guys. Uh, I'm also I'm also the confirmation sponsor of my dad, believe it or not. Uh, that's why I kind of <laughs> like to joke around with him and tell him that he's my godson. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, ironically, he was he never ended up getting confirmed uh, in his childhood. And all of a sudden, 2010, we're like, wait a second, you, you got to get confirmed. So <laughs> um, we had a family meeting and really quickly say, like, OK, I'll uh, somehow I. I was the one, the chosen one. Um, so that that's something that obviously uh, was, it's, it's kind of funny, but uh, it allowed me to kind of experience a bit of what my dad experienced through his fatherhood with me, yeah, it, yeah. but in a spiritual way, in a spiritual way, obviously. Um, and, uh, and I have, I do have a niece here. Uh, she was born, her name is uh, Josephine Therese. She's amazing. She was born in November and for the first time I experienced a different form of love uh, that is very close to fatherhood. I mean, I do consider her kind of like a, like a, like a daughter, <laughs> but, um, and I'm also her God, uh, Godparent, yeah. her Godfather. And uh, I think God has blessed me with so many opportunities to experience this spiritual fatherhood uh, as sort of a, I don't know, so sort of a vestibule to, what god willing the future biological yeah. fatherhood that yeah. i that i that i hope he will gift me with uh and that i'm looking forward to um but yeah so just a lot of opportunities yeah. um to 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 make myself um helpful to others but in the same at the same time to just grow myself it's always a mutual relationship sure I think, sure on uh, both ways we're down to about a minute and a half, but I'd love, Devin, for you to reflect. You've been such, you know, your apostolate fathers of St. Joseph. You've been very clear and helped men understand that we are we are called, all of us, to be fathers. Help help unpack this a little bit more as we kind of wind up this conversation with Dennis today. Yeah, I, I think that Dennis's journey, you know, is so typical of the great men. You know, the great men move from the boy to the man to the spiritual father, and the boy He's all about himself, and he doesn't want to get his knees scraped, and he doesn't want to get hurt. And everybody, in a sense, he's dependent on everyone else. No one can depend on him. And then the man, he becomes responsible for himself, but it's kind of just so that he benefits from it. So he's willing to suffer a little bit in order to benefit himself. But the sacrificial spiritual father, he assumes responsibility for everyone else. And his goal is to make sure that people are provided for temporarily but most importantly, spiritually, and he'll do whatever it takes to make sure that happens. And mm. that's what I hear in Dennis. Yeah. His Opus Day, his godchildren, his father, all of that. He's become the spiritual father who assumes sacrificial responsibility for others. Love it. It's a great place to, to wind this up. Dennis, we've been so blessed, Devin and I, to, to chat with you. And um, all the men that have listened uh, in uh, today are going to be so blessed by what you've shared and uh, we're grateful. We we will be praying for you as you continue to follow uh, the Lord's guiding. Thank you for the Thank work you. you do. Thank you for saying yes to our Lord and um, going out into that vineyard of young adults and being with young men and women and leading them to Christ. There's What a great calling. So we're grateful for you, and thank you for sharing some time with us today. This has been Iron Sharpens Iron, St. Gabriel Radio, Catholic Men's Ministry, and Fathers of St. Joseph. We look forward to all of you joining us for our next show. Stay tuned uh, for that, and God bless you all, men. Go out and, and, and be God for the world.